Good morning, everybody, on BBS Radio. This is the Winfrey Sunday morning with the Elohim call. Um, we have a really amazing call schedule for today. This is like an interdimensional meeting place between the physical realm and the fifth density. And we talk to people in fifth density. We talk to group souls in fifth density and you never know what's gonna happen. I don't even know. I mean, I know I have the idea of it, but it's kind of a seat of the pants thing, so we never know exactly now, let me see here. Cecil here. Just a moment. I'm just checking things out here. And we have the strangest people on our calls. <laughs> For example, John Siboronsky, are you here? Right here, when? You are. Can, you? Can I tell people how strange you are? <laughs> well, what happened yesterday, I mean, that, that, that's definitely bizarre. <laughs> you tell you, about that, I guess. What happened yesterday? Well, you, I already told you that. Have you already forgotten? <laughs> well, listen, you have a better memory than I do. <laughs> um, well, I was speaking to someone uh, who's a very, probably one of the best, a very, very uh, well-known songwriter and... Uh, Oh yeah, no. Let's not let's not talk about that. Okay, <laughs> I I want to go back in the past. All right, and uh, a while back ago, John was calling me up, and would you like to say your name in your city? Roger in Austin. Good morning, Roger. Hi, Wayne. Hi, and Jeannie. Hello, Jeannie. Hi, Hi. So I, I, I was, I was just talking to our BBS audience about some of the strange people that are on this side of the veil that are on our call, and I think one of the most strangest and most amazing and very lovable is a guy by the name of John in Las Vegas. And I remember a couple of years back when Olivia Newton-John had cancer. He was calling me and he was possessed with the idea of saving Olivia Newton-John's life and alternative cures. And he was trying to reach her 
Would you like to say your name in your city? Hi, it's Terry in Nevada. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. Hi, Terry. Hi, everybody. He was trying to reach Olivia to tell her what he knew about curing cancer. And he didn't succeed, okay? And she died. Now, I don't know if, if, he, if, if he reached her, if he would have succeeded or not. But he was possessed with that idea. And shortly after she died, hi, we'd like to see your name in your city. Jason. Good morning, Jason. Good okay. morning. When I got a few minutes, okay. so I'm going to listen in. Okay. All right. So, you know, if you're listening on BBS, in case you haven't figured out, we're on a conference line. And we started out on a conference line, and uh, we continued on a conference line. And um, I'm just talking about John, John Siboransky, and how he was trying to save Olivia, Newton John, and then she died. And then, um, strange, strange taps, I hear you. Then he, he started telling me Olivia had contacted him from the other side when, after she dropped her body. John, why don't you tell us the story? Now, John never talks about this publicly. And I'm putting him on the spot. So if you want to say no, just say no. Well, first of all, this is so far out there that virtually no one's going to believe this anyway. Well, no one believes anything I do, so might as well don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I mean, this is way, 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 way so far out there. It's, it's even hard for people on our call to say, what, really? <laughs> um, well, it started first. Um <clears throat> As I recall, one of my sister's friends um, had uh, just passed the day before, and I heard this voice say, John, and I didn't reply because I didn't even know that uh, who it was, or I thought maybe it was just my imagination. And then um, my sister told me that her friend uh, from high school had just passed away. I said, oh, no, I'm sorry to hear that. And then um, <clears throat> shortly afterwards, several months later, I think it was, um, my mother, uh, Veronica uh, Soboransky, had um, passed away. And the recording has started. All right. So my mother passed away and then uh, it was that next morning I heard a voice say, so how are you doing? And I re clearly recognized it as my mother's voice. And 
then I was on a on a conference call with Wynn and Terry, and I said, "Oh my God, this really sounds like my mother." And I asked Terry Brown, "What what do I, what should I do?" And she said, just run with it, John. Just run with it. <laughs> and I said, "Oh my God, you're kidding!" Me. And I actually I was able to talk to her, and um, I, I just couldn't believe it at first. It, it, it was like a, a shock to me. I I couldn't believe that I was actually able to hear her, and I started talking to her and probably about the next three or four months I just kept talking to her and I could hear her and uh, one of the things she told me was that her her uh, other her daughter and her other son um, Stephanie and Eddie they they couldn't hear her and I said what really uh, and then uh, I realized that uh, I was pretty much the only one only person who could uh, hear her. And uh, she tried many other people there, you know, over at Stephanie's house. No, no one could hear her. And uh, I was basically the only one who could hear her. And then... You're talking about your mother now, right? Yes, yes, yes. Now I'm first, first okay. I'm talking about my mother now. And that, that I'm building up to it. Hold on. Um, and then I got the idea that maybe that person who I first heard uh, say John, that really was um, Judy Harnick. And then I called Judy Harnick by name and said, hello, John. And I was almost literally in shock. What had started out as uh, me just totally disbelieving that, you know, maybe I was just imagining things became more real as I began to speak to other people who were on the other side of the veil. And I learned that uh, apparently I just acquired a few months uh, earlier that um, the ability to talk to people on the other side. And <laughs> I started to talk to other people. And uh, then I realized, you know, that... Uh, this was already um, several years later that, you know, after uh, Olivia had passed, I realized that maybe I could still talk to Olivia, even though she's on the other side already. Maybe I could still talk to her. And I called her by name, Olivia John, and she said, uh, who's speaking? And I told her my name. And uh, then we started talking. And... I um, thought, you know, that since the Rock Group had explained to everyone that they were um, adding new requirements for graduation, I said, um, maybe I could help Olivia graduate. And then uh, she came, all right, I... uh, well, and the new graduation, one of the two, well, one or two, depends how you look at it. The new graduation of Connor Story, in addition to having to love everyone, at least 50% of the time, and having to be service to others 50% of the time, and honor the law of one, you also had to, um, you also had to be awake and aware. And I said, well, I know Olivia has all those pies except for 
maybe she's not awake and aware. And and I, and I kept following her like her whole life and seeing you know where where she was. And I never run, uh, noticed that she was you know awake and aware to what was going on in the world. So I started talking to her and I said maybe maybe I don't know if this will work or not, but I'm just going to try and see what happens. Um, I told her all. All of the negative agenda plans of the neg- uh, of the negative, their agendas, uh, and well, first before I did that, I, I told her that uh, I, I, I tried talking uh, to her manager at the time, and I tried saving her life. He says, "Yeah, it's someone, w- one of my um, uh, what do you want to call them, uh, spirit guides, uh, had told me that." Uh, before I even told her that, I said, "What really?" Because uh, they saw that I was trying to help her, and she, um, she verified that one of um, my um, um, spirit guides had told her that, and that, that literally confirmed to me that uh, I, you know, she knew that I was trying to help her. And when I asked her, why didn't she? Um, allow me to try to help save her, and she said that uh, you know, you know, when she had cancer, she didn't know who she could trust. But after she saw, listened, spoke to one of the spirit guides, and, and they told her that I was trying to help her, she realized that I could trust me. And and it was basically from that point on, you know, I started spilling the beans on what uh, the plans the negative agenda you know negative agendas that the negative have and she started listening paying close attention and i basically spent a long time uh well we'll say several days trying to explain to her all the plans of the negative that they had and she accepted it as being true because she knew i was trying to help her and anyway um it was maybe the it was actually January of this year. <laughs> um, first, she, she um, woke me in the middle of the night and <laughs> said, I have some good news for you, Todd. <laughs> she, grad- she told me that she graduated. Positive um, greetings from Sedona. Who was that? Hi, Wynn. Positive greetings from Sedona. Oh, it's Raven. Okay. All right. Welcome. Thank you. Raven must be at the farmer's market, right? Correct. And psychic. Now you know what, (laughs) Raven. We're having we're having a really great conversation with John. Yes, I'm just going to go back to you, John. You know, people are still checking in, so we go back and forth. All right. Well, it's Uh, 13 after you. Then we mute the dings. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, um, so it was shortly after that, uh, or well, it was that day actually. Then that that next morning, um, after Olivia told me that she graduated, and this this is the next biggest shock I had was was driving. Um, I get this message from a source that claims to be the Ra group. And they said, this is a Ra group 
and I don't remember the exact all the wording, but they told me that I graduated, and back in January of this year, I don't, you I don't did. Have, I have. I have it written down on the calendar somewhere the exact day, but uh, mm-hmm. they told me that I graduated and that if I ever needed any help, I should just contact them directly because they know that I, I now have uh, the ability to speak to people on the other side. That mm-hmm. was like one of the biggest shocks I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I was contacting me directly and told me that John, I John, John, let me, yes. let me interrupt a second. Yes. You know, this is very interesting what you're sharing. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I'll point out to you that is we're talking to the BBS audience as well as our conference call. <clears throat> and you refer to things that we all know about, but the BBS audience may not. And then they get lost. Right. Okay. So, so for example, right. um, let, me, yeah. let me just fill in some of the blanks here. So the raw group is uh, one of the group souls that has been recognized as God in this realm. And we're familiar with Ra and Egypt, and they're connected. And uh, supposedly it was the Ra group who was speaking through Edgar Casey, and, um, and John mentioned Terry but didn't say who Terry was. And Terry was my partner and my friend for many years. And Terry, Terry woke me up one time and she get a tape recorder out and she started channeling an intelligence that said they were the Elohim. And, uh, which was one of the names for God in the Old Testament and the name the Mormons use for God. And I asked them, are you the same Elohim? And they said, we're part of the same. Now, believe me, I didn't, when this kind of stuff happens and you're in the middle of it, it's not easy to believe. And I didn't believe, but I said, who are these people? Who are they? And I had to question them for at least many months before I started to realize they recognized who they were and why they were talking to me and the value that other people could have for making the connection with them. And, um, you know, John hears a voice in his head that says it's Olivia Newton-John and it's hard to believe. Now, in the case of the Elohim, they started doing miracles and... That was pretty compelling. And John's story gets very interesting. But um, I think we're going to continue with it next week. Okay? And um, how John convinced himself really was Olivia Newton John and why she had chosen him to talk to. Is that okay with you, John? Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, Because this was not my planned call for the day. And uh, I just decided, well, let's try this. Let's have John talk about it. Because, you know, I used to think John was nuts. He was telling me these stories. 
And he kept telling me and telling me them, and and he asked Terry, and Terry validated it, I believe. And uh, right, right at this moment, I know, at least I believe, because I've been talking to John for, he's been coming to our calls for years now. Right now, Olivia Newton John is with him, hearing every word we're saying on the other side. Am I right, John? Yes. Yeah. Would you like to say hello to people? Do you want me to say hello? Olivia. Olivia, are you here? She's right by my side. She what? She's right by my side. Hi, Olivia. Hello, Wynn. Well, it's nice to have you here. We're introducing you to people, and they can hear you. And um, thanks for uh, all the contribution you've made to music on this planet, okay? And uh, thank you, Wynn. And um, we might talk to you again, okay? And thank you for listening in. Now, let me see. I got to mute the dings here. Okay, the dings are muted. So, John, thank you so much for sharing. We didn't, that wasn't prepared. I mean, John's been talking about this for quite some time to me. I was skeptical, but then we talked to some people that um, I knew could read energies, and they agreed that John was talking to Olivia Newton John. And there's more to the story. You'll find out. Tune in next week. This is like one of those Saturday serials. And um, let me see. We usually call in the light when we start these calls. And this is going to be a fascinating call. You know, for 20 years on this line, the Sunday morning call, we had conversations with the Elohim group and the Ra group through my partner, Terry Brown. And we got a chance to ask some of the most deepest, profound questions in the universe, and they were answering them. And we recorded them all. We now have a library of 2,000 of our conversations, and there's a lot of information in that that has never been revealed in this realm. And it took me quite a bit of time to believe it was real, okay? And, uh, and those people that are coming to our calls regularly know that it's real. It proves itself. Not because of faith or something like that, but there's too much evidence. There's all these little miracles. Uh, 
the very first miracle with the Elohim was with my sister. And uh, my brother-in-law called me and said, Joanne's having a serious operation tomorrow, and they don't think she's going to survive. And I was already engaged in conversations with the Elohim, trying to figure out who they really were. And they said they... Elohim was the word for God in the Old Testament, the word the Mormons use for God. And I said to them, are you the same Elohim? And they said, we're part of the same. And I said, why are you talking to me? And they said, you're like a cosmic midwife. You know how to bring these things into the world, and you don't have ego about it. Well, I didn't believe any of it. I said, if it's true, it'll prove itself. So now I go and ask them, and, you know, I just get this message and my brother and brother, my sister's going to die the next day. I said, can you help my sister? And they said they could. So the next day, I got another call from my brother-in-law. And he said, good news, Joanne survived the operation. And it was successful. And I was wondering, I was wondering... Um, did they do it, or was it coincidence? Which would have she survived anyway? I didn't know. So I didn't talk about it. I thought about it, but I didn't talk to anybody about it. Not like I declared a miracle. But then three weeks later, I got another call from my brother-in-law. And he said, something really strange happened. Joanne had to go in for tests. And the nurse said there was something wrong with the test. And they kept testing her and testing her. And they said her lupus disappeared from the test. And her lupus never goes away from the test. So now I said, okay, I think they did it. And I went back and I asked them, I said, how did you guys do that? And they said, we projected a filter into her blood and took the lupus out. And... Um, I was pretty stunned. In all my studies of metaphysical things, I never heard anyone who talked to somebody on the other side that took credit for doing anything like that. And then I started talking about it. And here we are, we're still talking. In those days, we weren't doing anything public in the conference calls. I was just scratching my head Kind of similarly, similarly to the way John was scratching his head, saying, is this real? Is this real? And, um, you know, there's always the perception that maybe I'm delusional or John's delusional, except my sister's healing was not delusional. And she had something happen to him, her, which would have to be a medical miracle, according to Western medicine, definitely happened. And so, in any case, moving on, we, we have a constant dialogue with sources on the other side of various kinds. And... Um, Let's see, somebody's making all this rattling sound. Let's see who they are. Sorry, sorry. I who was that? That was Joan, I'm sorry. All right. 
<laughs> I should mute everybody. You're right. Hang on. All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. Okay, you can rattle as much as you want. You're all muted, okay? So, over many years, there's been lots of miracles. We made a movie about this. My friend Aaron, who had been coming to our calls, who had become a professional in Hollywood, uh, said, when I want to make a movie about this, and he did. And uh, it's on YouTube now. It's called, do a, go on YouTube and do a search for Win, W-Y-N-N, meets God. And you can see the movie. And you'll see all the phenomena that's happened around this. And um, so what John is talking about, I believe. I didn't first, I thought he was in that case, but I became convinced. And he did ask Terry about it, and, and Terry could confirm that it was real. So, um, speaking of Terry, we usually say hello to Terry at the first part of this call. And Terry died about a year ago. And then she started talking to us through various people who had been coming to the calls who suddenly became channels. And uh, Terry Marie in Boulder City, Nevada, is one of the people who Terry was talking to. And I'd like to start out the calls by waving to Terry. Hi, Terry, you can all wave. And it's really not Terry by herself. She now has a lot of friends. She's in what they call the fifth density. And she's able to communicate to us. And she does it quite regularly. And she felt bad about leaving me. And she has been paying attention to me uh, from the other side ever since she's been gone. And there's all kinds of amazing stories about that. And we're going to hear uh, an audio of one of Terry's channeled messages from the Elohim and Ra groups. And I don't tell people to believe anything. You decide. I'm telling you the story and the facts, the way they happened, and... It was all fairly documented on, on on BBS radio. And many people came in and just stayed listening. And it proved itself over and over again. So you have to invest the time to pay attention and see if it proves itself to you. Okay? And in any case... Let's wave to Terry. And Terry Marie, is Terry there? You got to unmute. Yes, I'm unmuted. 
Yes. Okay. Terry's there? Do you wish to? Yes. Do you want to call in the light? Yeah. Let's call in the light. Father, Mother, God, we ask for the presence of the light. Surround and protect everyone on this line. And any negativity be released to the higher realms of light for the highest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxies, through the Milky Way, through the solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies, and into the center of the Earth. And right now, we invoke a group energy connection while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our souls. And we invite those sources that are positive, service to others, honoring the law of one, to join with us. We create a protected space that only the positive has access to. And anything, none of that nature, must leave now. And Terry, Terry Marie, is Terry there? Yes, yes. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Terry. Although... Good morning. Talking to a place where the... You have no mornings, right? But you do. We acknowledge you. We do. And what did you think of John's story, by the way? I loved it. What? John had a good story. John had a good experience, yes. He loved it. And from your perspective, it all looked like it was legitimate, right? It really happened, the way he said Yes. Okay, just wanted your confirmation. Now, what, what, one of the times that Terry and I were channeling, and we were expecting to talk to the Elohim, something happened that was a little shocking. A voice came through Terry that identified itself as Robin Williams. And Robin had just died. And that never happened before. Well, wait, one other time, Michael Jackson came through. But um, Robin had just died. And he could see the projection of Terry's energy through the rooms and made contact with us. And I I was asking myself, is this really Robin Williams? And then he started telling jokes from the other side. And I kept trying to confirm that it was him. And I said, Robin, could you give me your street address? And he said, I can't remember. And then he said, 
You know, when people have Alzheimer's, their brains are broken. Imagine what it's like not to have a brain. And then he was talking about heaven. And he said, do I really want to go to heaven? I don't know. I hear the senses there are worse than Mork and Mindy. And I started to be convinced of the jokes he was telling. And I was going for this part of the call. We are going to deal a little bit with Robin Williams on the other side. Terry Marie and I had a little session yesterday. And I haven't actually had any attention to Robin Williams for a number of years. And uh, I wanted to see if Robin would come in. And he did. He came in. And he agreed to be on the call today from the other side. And uh, so we're going to hear from him. And then we're going to play an audio of one of Terry's sessions with the Elohim. Now, we have an archive site. Where we have over 2,000 of our Elohim sessions posted on the Internet. And the web address is spiritchannel.net thespiritchannel.net and you can listen to them. And they're very wise. There's an energy attached to them. And the Elohim can actually sense people who are tuning into the energy. So they can tune into you personally. Many people have had amazing things happen as a result of this connection. So it's something you have to explore for yourself and prove that it's real. And um, this is my way of being a cosmic midwife, I guess. And I, I, I think Robin Williams was a very spiritual person. And he really made people laugh. And he enjoyed bringing joy to people in that way. And I put together a little audio here of some things Robin had said, which I thought were fairly wise, and it gives you an insight into his persona. And I wanted to play this, and that way when we talk to him, you can decide if it sounds like the same person. So here we go. There's a line in Garp that you say you can look at the arc of your life and find it interesting. That's, I mean, that's what's been for me. It's nice that it has been getting better and better. That's the only thing I pull out, uh, pull out of it. I mean, that's nice that it keeps trying. And the fact that I'm offered these amazing things to keep, to keep doing stuff that keeps exploring different aspects, that's wonderful, too. The first movie was Popeye. Yeah. And uh, if you remember, the opening scene is Robin in a rowboat in a storm. And I was just, here's a huge screen at Chinese theater in uh, Los Angeles. And I thought, that's Robin, my little boy, Robin. Look at him. Eat your heart out, world. Here he comes. 
performing and doing all these things, we never acknowledge anything negative. Where it's, and if you do, it gets very violent. Like the time, mm-hmm. what happens immediately after the scene you just saw is, he starts to confront who you are. So mm-hmm. you, I know who you are. And he get, he would have really hurt Jeff's character if he'd gone any further. And that's why he goes. The hallucination guards against that. It's basically it is freeing to create that character because yeah, you can really so. explore kind of where you've been and the aspects of why you would want to deny and that kind of whole aspect of you know performing for the sake of just avoiding for him love is such a delicate thing that if and even getting it back again triggers another one of the breakdowns uh-huh. it's so fragile for him and that's what makes it interesting that's why i did it there's a sadness and then you have to go there's also hope i mean a sadness it's always like yeah you wish they hadn't happened but they did and the purpose is to make you different it's what they call the buddhist gift i would call it the ultimate christian gift it's that idea of you're back and you realize the thing that matters are others way beyond yourself self goes away ego bye bye you're not easy on yourself in the show are you no you know as an alcoholic i talk about you know some warning signs you know like duis in a cul-de-sac things like that the idea of you know have you been through it to talk about it and see like you know this is what you go through heart surgery you know, alcoholism. I went to rehab in wine country just to keep my options open. You know, these are things you got to talk about. You want to talk about it? No. Why is this such a heavy, heavy-duty problem with drugs? That addresses the psychology of a nation. That's why I talk about it. You try and tell people you do it. Just say no. No, just say Noriega. No, beyond that. It is something much, much deeper. And yes, you're right. There is something wrong. But people are slowly waking up. The time is over for just sitting going, it'll be taken care of. And I tried to address it using the only weapon I have, comedy. And that's all we do. And I hope people wake up, and they are. We ask for your help, and we'll try and help from this end, and we'll meet, and there will be a kinder, gentler nation one day. Thank you. We all have a great need for acceptance. But you must trust that your beliefs are unique, your own, even though others may think them odd or unpopular, even though the herd may go, that's bad. (laughs) I don't envision myself as a teacher or as a, I can't proselytize to people even when we talk about drugs or anything. I just, you just have to, I, I'm a player. And mm-hmm. in the sense of just in the process of playing, you can talk about some interesting things, mm-hmm. you know, it, that there's things that, you know, why we've evolved to, you know, to make that connection, to go on, to, to do amazing things, to, and, and that moment, I talked about this once, that there is a, a thing when you create, when you find that little tiny flash, when you find some oh, idea. Bliss. It's, what, it's bliss. Well, because the brain gives you the same reinforcement that right. it does with sex. And, That's right. And the reason the brain gives you a little hit of endorphin when you create is just to keep you going. Here's a taste. Yes. Keep creating. You get another taste. Because uh-huh. you're only given a little spark of madness. And if you lose that, you're nothing. Basically, when you're really firing and it really works, it's like musicians have said it, or writers say it, it's just, you're just channeling. It's truly, that, that's why you say that divine inspiration, where it just passes, you're just letting it through you. I just wanted to ask Robin real quick about what's his favorite type of movie in terms of ones that make social impacts or ones that are fun, loving, like Aladdin, for example. They both, I mean, I, I love doing both of them because I think in their own way they both have some effect. I remember people coming up after Aladdin and saying, you know, it was such a great thing that they could sit with their kid and laugh mm-hmm. as much as their child. That, I think, is a great thing. It's like, you know, Sullivan's Travels, where you see people just having a wonderful time, especially in times like this. Mm-hmm. Why also, why you do a movie is to learn. 
to expand yourself, to push yourself. It was like Peter Weir when I did Dead Poets Society. He, he said the power of silence. That he said, you don't have to do anything and make a point. And, or the, the power of thought. That, you know, you learn something and you make a movie, which is a double bill. Yeah, and you get paid. It's, but it's, I mean, that, if the truth is, if they knew it, I'd probably do it for much less. <laughs> I don't know how much value I have in this universe, but I do know that I made a few people happier than they would have been without me. And as long as I know that, I'm as rich as I ever need to be. You know, some movies you do for money, and those are the dangerous ones. Mm. Old dogs, we'll talk later. <laughs> the idea that you do those, and you go, and you know why you're making them. It's a kid's comedy, you know it's going to be silly, and you know that's going to be up for grabs. But with something like Will's Greatest Dad, it's like, no, you do it as a labor of love, and you do it with friends who you feel like you can do it with and say, hey, we're both in this together, and that's kind of wonderful. They're all done with this kind of love you know you 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 commit to it and you go whatever happens i'm in i'm found that's always what i want to do is to try different things and kind of always change perception and, and change the rhythm you can yeah break up it's maybe the rhythm it's basically saying okay now we hit it you know that and then you know hit a little harder and then back off and then go berserk like you know with the the stand-up which is just free form and then come back and play something so controlled like in one hour photo those are all possible and having that that range really helps. For me, it's great. And by having great friends and family, they yeah. just make life extraordinary. And a world to still go out and see and learn about, which is yeah. most important of all. Just look at your own life and just realize what, what things are precious to you. That's what I did when I was doing it. You know, I would come home and just realize how extraordinary that there is, you have heaven in front of you. That idea that you have, look around and see the precious things, the connection with family, friends, you know, the, the, the things in your, and the people, especially in your life. My kids are extraordinary. Did they go through rough times? Yeah, but you come out the other side and go, God, they're so amazing. I'm just, I'm so blessed. I would hope that there would be, if there's enough to life, that would have the places that I, or at least a version of the places I've grown that I think are extraordinary here. Mountains, lakes, forests, beaches with perfect curl. Um, but also, I mean... A place almost like Venice. Where, I mean, there's times in Venice to me, I've been there when I just go, my God, what a glorious city. And then even New York in spring where you can go, there's times in every different place that you've been where you say, this is, this is paradise or this is extraordinary. I would hope that there'd be something like that. And most of all, I would hope you'd come in contact with extraordinary people like the ones I've met in life. The powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse. What will your verse be? think your legacy will be? God knows. I don't know. They had a thing recently where they showed a clip of all the HBO specials I did and it was like going, I'm still alive. Why are they doing this? I don't know what my legacy is. is that it, I mean, that I had a good time and I think also that I've tried different things throughout my career and I hope to keep doing that and to keep working with interesting people. Make your life spectacular. I know I did. Just keep going. Find that thing you love because it's tough work. And my father gave me this advice when I said I wanted to be an actor. He said, have a backup profession like welding. But I think if you can find that thing that really gives you joy, that'll be it. Because uh, for me, it's always been comedy and stand-up and, and acting, too, because of exploring behavior. But it's tough work. But, and if you can get it, even better. Realize there are a lot, a lot of amazing people out there to be grateful for. And a loving God. And that, other than that, Good luck.
That's what life is about. All right, I think that's where they're rolling the credits on that. And I thought that was an amazing insight into Robin Williams beyond all the ways we've seen him on the screen, on TV, acting. And to me, he's an example a very spiritual person in this realm, a person that comes from a higher realm uh, to help lift the spirits of people. Being spiritual doesn't mean like, how can I say it, being pious, being righteous. It means you're here to uplift other people in however way it comes to you. And um, doing these shows is one of the ways that I can do that. I used to want to do it through music. And there's many people that come here from higher dimensions that have a compulsion to do something that lifts people. Because there is a lot of sadness and tragedy on this planet and negative forces controlling things and programming people and people not knowing what's really going on or believing the wrong things. And um, let's see, what time is it? It's 11.43. I'm going to give you a quick snippet here of something... A little excerpt. Now, I don't know if it's going to be a good excerpt. I hope it is. Because I didn't pick the excerpt. I uploaded the whole file. And we jump around. But we had this amazing conversation with Terry uh, in 2014. That's when Robin Williams died. And, and, uh, and you remember... It's not going to sound like Robin Williams in his tone of voice, because it's Terry's voice. And just like when we talked to, to, to him through Terry Marie, it's going to be Terry Marie's voice. And, and he has to work through her personality construct. So here we go. Oh, thank you. Um. Robin Williams, who's 
as keen on us as we got acquainted with him is asking us for light evaluation for um the taking to the other side. Uh so he can come to the place we were speaking of. Um he has already started his rising, his glowing, his uh ability to magnify light. Uh, so that his life is not just lost and um, hanging around and bored. But he is asking to go to the other place we were speaking of. And he is magnifying light uh, as he rises in frequency. He is experiencing more light and he wishes to go to that place where he can um, I, uh, have a, um, communication with real souls. And uh, he is on the right track. And we, there is no St. Peter at the gate. We are, um, there are people waiting to welcome him. And uh, he, um, he will be welcomed uh, heartily uh, and he is on the right track to absorbing more and more light <coughs> to move up into the frequencies where he can comprehend the people up there that uh, are uh, welcoming him and are rooting for him and are waiting for him to uh, appear and to uh, cheer him at his performance uh, in lifting people in the third density realm and we cheer him on. He is on the right track and he will be so-called, quote, home, unquote, uh, for him to express again himself and to delight the debriefers and the people that he has known that have passed on that are waiting for him with a welcoming cheer. Robin, we love you. Uh, we're glad you have played a little part in your moving up. Yeah. <laughs> if you're paying attention, you want to make a funny comment. We're ready. He he does not wish to be. He is he is on his journey at this time, okay. and we do not wish to defocus him. All right. Okay. And uh, anything else that we you'd like to share? Thank you for this time with you. It is very. Um, we consider very valuable. And thank you. Thank you. Okay, so we just finished that session, and I said, asked Robin if he would tell us a joke, and they said he was busy on his ascension. And then uh, I turned the tape recorder off, and... Uh, 
Terry was saying he's 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 working out his he's, performance. He's preparing his material for for Adam. He's speaking. He's preparing stuff like, uh, "Hey, are those wings military issue, or can I get a pair? Where do you get a pair of those? <laughs> How do you work them?" <laughs> and then the Elohim told him that he wasn't going to find Saint Peter at the door. <laughs> right. Uh, well, you're not going to find Saint Peter at the door, but there's a crowd waiting for you to cheer when you get there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and is there anything left behind for us Earthlings, or is he just thinking about getting wings? Well, there's what he said um, right after it happened when uh, Terry went and uh, he was in the uh, he he was still in in the room, and uh, Terry said, "What happened to you, Robin?" And he said, "Well." I, and he was speaking slowly to emphasize a long journey. He says, well, I took a long journey into the land of Nod. Uh, and then he made a joke. Said, uh, the land of Nag, which is a strong ale. And then he went, uh, the land of Nod. And then he said, it's no fun. Don't do it. All right, John, you got it. <laughs> Don't think John. Um, all right, Robin, you've got us cheered up, and you're probably not even hearing me, but that's okay. Uh, it's like there's an element of him that is hearing, and he's very excited about um, making his entrance, like as if he was, again, speaking before uh, Saturday Night Live or somewhere. It was like he, he loves performing, and, and he loves the interaction with people, whether it's one or more. Okay, so we're going to close the session, and good night to Robin. He says, you haven't heard the last of me yet. <laughs> right. I, I, I like the way you do things on your own terms, okay? You're not a guy that you can say, okay, Robin, tell us a joke, and we wind you up, and you're off, right? <laughs> but we we appreciate your attention, and... Um, and uh, is it is profoundly thankful for um, the contact. I wish we knew you when you're alive. What do you mean I'm still alive? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's true. <laughs> All right. Well, over and out, and have fun. I love my wife. You do? <laughs> that's from Robin. Should we tell her? She wouldn't. Sure. Believe, she wouldn't believe we're talking to you, but we'll... We might try telling her, okay? All right. Well, that's for me to her. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> I mean that the land of Nas, the other side, has some elements of disorientation or the feeling of disorientation, uh, like being drunk has some elements of disorientation. Hey, I, I'm just curious. When you were alive, did you believe you would continue after you died?
element of me that always knew that. Um, um, I didn't think of it. Wasn't your preoccupation, right? And um, you know, just as a favor for those of us who are still in the little uh, um, um, veil down here, it's like everyone wants to know what it feels like when they die. And and if we're really talking to you, do do, do you still experience having a body? I still experience being alive. I still, uh, I'm, I'm still alive. Uh, I don't think of, I just, thinking is very fast, and it's faster on the other side than, thinking is very fast on, in, in the, in the earth realm, but thinking, uh, now we're using her language. We, uh, I want to use my language. Thinking is very fast, and I don't think of myself as having a body or not having a body, except I'm over. I'm, I'm here. I am here, and here is now. And um, people can't hear me, in, uh, which is very frustrating. And um, anyway, I'm can, just, can you see us? Or do you feel us? I can see you. Um, I must continue my journey now. Okay. Thank you for taking a little break and sharing. It will be meaningful to people down here. Love to everyone. Hi. Okay. Uh, Robin said something more. Uh, I'll record it here. It said, sometimes it is seen like I'm the only one alive. Everyone else is dead. They're walking around like zombies. And they are not hearing anything I'm saying. And they are so sad. Uh, also, with things uh, to do with Robin... Williams in that. Robin, um, it is a little bit of an outlet for Robin uh, to speak, and he appreciates that. Hey, Robin, shall I call your wife? Give me a minute. I'm conflicted about that. Um, this is Robin. I I am conflicted about that. Um, she does not believe in this stuff. Um, however, uh, I do want her to know how much I love her. Do you remember the names of your manager? 
your publicity agent or anybody like that? Well, this is Terry. I'm not coming up with that. Okay. I tell you, I, I tell you, I'd ask you to tell us a joke, but I don't think you're good at telling jokes on demand. <laughs> you have to be in the flow. Yes. Hey, some people are saying that Robin Williams is an incarnation of Will Rogers. Do you remember that? Yes. Where are you? Are you? Can you remember that? Can you see that from where you're at? I can see the plane crash. Yes. That Will Rogers died in? Yes. It's very fun. Hey, well, it's really I really appreciate your uh, being comfortable, and we can tune into each other. And uh, we'll see where it goes. Okay. Thank you for this outlet. Anybody else channeling you, bringing you through? on the planet right now? I'm speaking to a lot of people, but I don't think it goes anywhere. It just kind of goes into their consciousness. I got you. Well, we love you. Can you feel the love? I am on the journey. Uh, it helps. The support helps. Okay. Particularly the outlet to say something. All right. Amen. Thank you, Robin, if you're still listening. <laughs> oh, I heard a joke coming. <laughs> Let's hear it. Come on. Uh, is this is oh, I'm on for an encore. <laughs> <laughs> should we should we applause? <laughs> yeah, it's an awfully small audience here. <laughs> Just our bodies. We got we got. We got half the universe <laughs> listening, Robin. <laughs> Are you listening to us when we're talking and we're not talking to you? Not usually. You don't hear us when we're talking. Well, I'm not focused on you. Yeah. Do you know who we're talking to? Mm-mm. Are you interested? Hey, I thought it was my encore. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you can have it. I thought maybe I'd share something that you could learn from, okay? Mm. 
Right now, I'm still learning how to hold my position in uh, the ether world. <laughs> it takes quite a bit of attention. Hey, while you're floating around up there, is there anyone else floating around? I mean, do you, do you, are you aware of other floaters? And do you have any kind of rapport with them? No, I'm mainly focused on uh, my family. Thank you, your phone number, and I'll call her. to think of which phone number. They probably miss you. Oh, I know. I can tell. I can hear. The only trouble is, um, uh, they don't know that I can hear. Well, um, I'm not supposed to exist, right? I'm supposed to be gone. <laughs> it's a... skewed... Um, monolinear way of viewing things. Letting go and operating in 360 degrees is fine. Close the session, and maybe we'll maybe we'll see you later. Okay. Okay. got acquainted with him is asking us for light evaluation for um, the taking to the other side uh, so he can come to the place we were speaking of um, he has already started his rising his glowing his uh, ability to magnify light uh, so that his life is not just lost and um, hanging around and bored but he is asking to go to the other place we were speaking of and he is magnifying light 
uh, as he rises in frequency. He is experiencing more light, and he wishes to go to that place where he can um, have a communication with real souls. And uh, he is on the right track. And we, there is no St. Peter at the gate. We are, um, there are people waiting to welcome him. And uh, he, um, he will be welcomed uh, heartily. Uh, and he is on the right. Yeah, we heard that before, and um, I'm just curious. I'm going to open the mics, I think, if I can figure, remember how to do it. Hang on. Here we go. Muted. All participants are unmuted. All right. Now, just... Mentioning that was from 2014, and uh, I never played that before, and I thought it sounded quite amazing when I listened to it. Now, anyone have any comments? That was quite wonderful. Never heard that side of him. Now, when he was talking to us. It sounded like the same person that was talking in that produced audio that I played, where he wasn't entertaining, he was being wise. And, and um, Did anyone have any doubts about it being Robin talking to Terry? No. No. Okay. Now, I'll tell you, Terry Marie was a little bit hesitant. She called me this morning and said, I don't think I want to do Robin, even though we talked to him two days ago. And, uh, you know, Terry is still getting comfortable with channeling. And, you know, when she does it, she's thinking... um, like everyone who does something publicly, they don't want to blow it because it stays in everybody's mind. And she's been doing really, really well. You know, she doesn't have the experience that Terry Brown had as a channel, but she is reaching and doing extremely well. And uh, but it's going to sound it's going to sound like Terry. Marie talking. It's not going to sound like Robin talking in terms of the tone of her voice and the emotional quality, but we'll see if it sounds like Robin. So we'll bring in the light and say, Terry Marie, are you ready? Ready as I will be. It sounds like Terry Brown, what she used to say. All right. <laughs> Robin, are you here? (laughs) 
Okay, how could I not be here? How could you not be here? Well, did you listen to all the stuff I did on the preamble there? Yes. Uh huh. You did. You did a great job while you were in a body. Did you know that? Tried my best. Yeah. You made a lot of people happy. And you always had a positive spirit. So how does it feel now, hearing all that, that you're on the other side? It makes me feel good to know that I was able to say the things that I said and that it would help you. I think it did. I hope it did. Mm -hmm. feel good to know that I doing my job. Were you surprised at your transition? Mm -hmm. uh, or, or did you just flow with it? Mm -hmm. See it as the next step. Yes. Didn't think I was ready for it yet. Mm -hmm. Have you ever made contact with your wife? I tried. Here's mm -hmm. me. It upset. Who would upset her? Mm -hmm. You know, there's a question I wanted to ask, but I'm reluctant to ask it. And according to all the news reports, you committed suicide. And um, is that true? Pardon me? I can't go into that, no. Okay, that's what I thought. We don't want to talk about it. Do you tell jokes? While you're on the other side? I did at first. Uh, reunite with uh, family and friends. To, uh, let them know I was there. and They related with me many times. But it moved out after a while and necessary. Now, right now, at this moment, I don't think you have a body. Do you even any kind of body on the other side? Is that true? Big body. A big body? A light body. 
a light body. Could you explain not to us what, what is a light body? It's not a body how you think of a body. You know, if you're used to physical, it's not, uh, not that. And even a light body is not a flashing light or uh, light from an artificial source or anything like that. Energy frequency, uh, vibration, presence, strong, strong presence. Mm-hmm. What flows with others and encompasses many others as one, all being one, still there is uh, individuation to a certain degree. This is so much love. Here now and everything else. Each other. Did you meet meet Terry on the other side when she left this room? Yes, I saw her. Mm-hmm. I saw her come in. Was she shot? Was she shy? Not so much. She was familiar with. Side. Having channeled so much. Yeah, too. Had to grow and learn and expand. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, b- before we talk to you, our main focus was on communicating with these two group souls who were kind of administrative agents on the other side the Ra group, and the Elohim group. <clears throat> do, you, do you know who they are now? Yes. Yes. And Very did you make... Terry helped you? Yes. Mm-hmm. And do you ever communicate with them? Yes. Not always, but yes. Do you have more affinity with one or the other, the Elohim or the Ra? No. No. Do you see how they're different? Yes. Mm-hmm. Elohim is around a little bit longer. Uh, uh, they're a higher density. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the most interesting things that came up in the conversation 
between Terry and you and I in 2014 was when you started talking about how you had headaches all of your life because in your previous life, you died in a plane crash. Do you remember that? Vaguely. And then I and then I asked you, who were you in your previous life? And you said Will Rogers. And I looked the picture of Will Rogers up, and there was an amazing resemblance. I mean, there were many things in common with between Will Rogers and Robin Williams. Like, Will was a movie star. Will was a comedian. Will was a a columnist who would write wise things to the public. He obviously had a compulsion to uplift the vibration of the public. And Will was also hobnobbing with all these politicians and celebrities all the time. And do you still recall that life clearly now? I recall it. Uh, and uh, the next life, I just uh, chose to continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it seemed to be. Do you remember? Do you remember any of your other lifetimes? If I focus on them, but I don't choose to. All right. Yeah, it's going up. Well, I'll tell you, I I think we'll end this part of the conversation. Is there anything you'd like to tell everyone who's listening? Smile, keep laughing, and and. Just laughing and loving the name of the game. Well, we're very honored to have you here and sharing with us. And I hope we do it again sometime. And um, we have things to learn from you. And I do. And I'm so I still still am learning myself. Yes. Me too. And uh we're gonna go play a, a conversation with Elohim Ra and I hope you'll listen to it because uh Yes. I will. Um yeah. It'll help create more of a connection between you and them, you know? And uh, let me um, let me open up the lines here and see if anyone wants to comment or say goodbye to you before we end. Hang on.
All participants are unmuted. Anyone want to say anything? No. Well, at least thank Robin for showing up. Yes, uh, thank you, Robin, and thank you, Terry Murray. And it was wonderful. Yeah. Yes, sure. Thank you, Robin. Thank you so much. Delighted to be here. Delighted that I can speak and be heard. Well, I hope we'll come back again and maybe people will have more courage to engage with you, okay? <laughs> you know, it's, it's a little intimidating to engage with somebody that's so famous. And, you know, we've tried this with other people. And it's always very fascinating to hear what happens when you get on the other side. And since all of us are going to have that experience, it helps prepare us for it. And never be afraid. Never be afraid. Yes. And I thank you so much for coming forward and sharing. And I thank Terry Marie for being your voice. And Terry Marie, are you there? Yes. Wasn't it wasn't as bad as you thought it would be, was it? No. No. <laughs> All right. Robin is, is you know is a wonderfully spiritual guy. And uh he did miracles with his own life in uplifting people this lifetime. So thank you again, Robin. And uh, what time is it now? 12.29. We're going to play a little Elohim session. And then we're going to go through the healing list. And if you're on BBS, we'll probably do the healing list just on the conference call and not on BBS radio. But if you want to get on that list, you would go to this webpage, inthelight.intelligent-infinity.com. Inthelight.intelligent-infinity.com. And I'll mention to you, you know, this has been an experimental thing we've been doing on Sundays, bringing through some of those humans who have led extraordinary lives in contributing to the upliftment of people on this planet. And in the past, and you know, I'm I'm still evaluating. I think this is a valuable thing to do, but it's different than what we used to do. 
when we just did a whole session about it was Elohim, or Ra'an. And uh, I think this is great because people can relate to it. And in case you, if you're listening on BBS, in the past, we've had John Lennon on. We've also had Paramahansa Yogananda, who was very famous in the 60s and 70s, wrote a book called The Autobiography of a Yogi and started a yoga center in Encinitas, California. And he was one of my great influences when I was growing up. And I was thinking of other people that I might like to see if we can connect with, like somebody like Ram Das or Krishnamurti or whoever I think of. And we'll see what happens next. So stay tuned because I think these are very interesting calls. And on that note, I want to get to play at least a little bit of one of Terry's sessions with the Elohim. Now, just for your information, yes, Elohim is one of the names for God. But when I asked them, do you really like to be worshipped? They said, no. They said, we're like your higher level big brothers. We can bring you information that will be valuable to you. And uh, and help in your lives. And you can help us because your realm has gotten fairly screwed up. And uh, we can help fix it in so many words. Every night we do a think of a whole plan of healing with the Elohim. And, okay, here is something it's actually from 2011 with Terry when she was in a body uh, channeling. And it's called Elohim Timelines. And I may fast forward it to get to the channeling and get beyond whatever I said to help set up the channeling. So here we go. We are a group of people here, and those of you who keep listening to these calls are helping to hold a vision. And so let's, we're gonna, I'm going to stop talking. We're gonna, I'm going to call in the light. So are you ready, Terry? All right. Father, Mother, God, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect Terry, myself, everyone on this call, and everyone who listens to this call. And right now, we see the energy starting from the center of the universe, through the galaxies, through the planets, 
through the outer energy fields of the earth, through our bodies and into the center of the earth. And we invoke, for those that free willingly would choose to participate, a group energy amongst all of us present, going back to the oneness that we exist in at the same time that we exist as separate, individuated bodies on planet Earth. And we invite those sources to join with us, and we, we create a huge group energy of all of us and all of them. And we create a protected space that only the positive has access to, and anything not of that nature must leave now. You can take a moment, shut your eyes, and you may feel an energy. You may feel a sense of peacefulness. You may feel a connection. And those are all indications that you are tapping into the oneness. So we invite our sources to greet us through Kelly, and we'll ask some questions. We greet you in the love light of the one infinite creator, and we are delighted to be with each and every one of you. We are not only on the BBS radio or on the conscious line. We are through the ethers, and we are nonlinear, and we are connected with each and every one to the degree that the individual wishes to become connected. We can hear your questions. We can hear what you request of us. And we are here to give assistance and to bring love light into your realm so that you have a connection with home. Do you have questions? I would say everyone that's listening to this call has something that they would like to transform, both personally and planetarily something that they wished would change. And we want to discuss the operatives of how change occurs. And I have this idea that it starts out with a group of people, maybe one person, but it turns into a group who share a common vision that penetrates into other dimensions. And then it starts working on the collective. And before you know it, and before you know it, maybe hundreds of years, but over a certain period of time, there's not that much time now, we want to understand how this process works better so that we can all participate in creating the changes that we would like to see. So could you share anything about this process? Yes. You had mentioned earlier on the call that getting something started is harder than to take something that already has momentum and doing something 
with it as something that is not in the realm is created by individuals oftentimes it is not in the consensus reality it is not in the computer program so to speak and to get it into the programming of the cells of the people of the consciousness of the surroundings can be incredibly hard as individuals are in a so-called program already for them to move into a new program can come up against the old program and create much resistance. So the hardest part of getting a change to happen is at the beginning of the change. There is a thing that one can do and we send it out to you as a framework to help change occur faster. And that is time can go at different speeds depending upon your frequency. If you can raise your frequency, then time can appear to speed by, but in the actual realm, the third dimension time is slower. So if you take an hour within your realm and you operate at the speed and frequency of your realm, it is one hour. But if you move your frequency higher, you can set us as an example of a higher frequency. You can increase the amount of time within that hour. So although your clock will go around one hour, you will be able to get much more done. Things move faster at the higher frequency. And therefore you can accomplish more in a shorter amount of time. Also, in a higher frequency, you have momentum going. It's easier to get momentum going because things are moving faster. And so when you bring that package into your realm, 
the sphere around you that you mold with your creative mind, you can make it into a time where you can get more done and you can be more creative. That is one way to increase what you can get done. So let me ask... Well, um, maybe you should continue, and then I'll ask questions, okay? When you bring the increased rate of time into your sphere, you can not only do it for yourself, but you can do it for your activity, for your surroundings, and therefore you can accomplish a great deal in a shorter amount of time. Go ahead and ask your question. First question is, because we have this shift that's happening and this cycle end, to my understanding, there's more energy flooding the planet. Does that mean it would be theoretically easier to do it now than it would have been 100 years ago or 500 years ago? That is correct. It is easier to do it now. Is there is more energy, more momentum uh, of particles, and therefore easier to get momentum changed and to get momentum and change going in a different direction. Well, let me ask some ways that I've heard that people can change their frequency. Because probably when we talk about changing our frequency, we also have to go above our own patterns. In other words, if we're going to like move to a higher frequency, we all have our own patterns that keep us in the lower frequency. And so uh, the questions are, how do we raise our frequency? I I'll, I'll, I could ask this as an open-ended question first, and then I'll I'll bring up some ways that I have read, heard, or even applied to myself that I've seen work, and get your viewpoints on those ways. So, how do we raise our frequency? As an open-ended question, you can raise your frequency. It is a feeling you can get. If you read the book, Questions and Answers with the Elohim, you can get a sense of the higher frequency. If you come into the calls, you can get a sense of the higher frequency. Um, it is like being a radio dial and a radio moving with a different frequency as you change the dial, the whole matrix of the soul can move. And that is one thing that the tunnel of light that people can choose to go through after they die does. It 
changes the frequency of the individual to the higher frequency of heaven so they can learn to, they can actually experience and manifest the change in frequency in the tunnel of light to bring them in a harmonizing frequency with heaven and uh, even higher realms. I know on our Sunday grid healing, it's probably our longest call, and yet um, I've noticed how the time seems to go faster and faster. And I would say from, it seems to me, that more and more people on the call are holding a higher frequency, which then tends to pull someone that's new into that higher frequency. Whereas if you only have new people, everyone's sluggish, and it can take a long time, if at all, to get the energies moving. Is that an accurate way of looking at that? Yes, this is our experience also. When we first started doing the call and we would come in, we would notice this huge discrepancy between our speed and the speed of the realm, the individuals in the realm, and Terry's speed. And when we have been on the call now for a while, there has become an ability within Terry and also um, many of the people on the line to move with the frequencies and also with your preamble to bring people to the higher frequencies. And so we do not experience such a discrepancy now between yourself and Terry and our group. Mm-hmm. I think everyone has noticed, everyone on the planet notices there are certain events they participate in where time moves fast and other events where time moves slow. For example, if you go to a wonderful music concert and it has the right uplifted energy, you could spend two or three hours and it seems, where did that go? Whereas if you're sick or or um, arguing or extremely unhappy or lonely, time moves much sl- more slowly. In those circumstances, are people actually moving into other dimensions and other frequencies, other timelines? Yes, they are. And the music, the music, strums the vibrations of the body and brings them to the frequencies, a different frequency than they have been at, and it gets the DNA moving. And the DNA can then connect more easily with a higher realm and take someone into a faster experience of time. Mm-hmm. So let me ask some specific questions about raising frequency. Some people would say changing your diet can help raise your frequency. Um, can you comment on this? 
Yes, that is very true because matter can lodge in the body and this matter then has a certain immobility and a lack of clarity wherein resonances within the body cannot be carried out easily and it weights the body down which then the soul, the matrix experience as a slowing down and a weighting down. A person who has not chosen a good diet may be tired and sluggish. A person who has chosen a good diet may have lots of energy and radiate out that other people can see and resonate with. Now, I would say, if you were going to say, what's a good diet? I don't think you could say one diet fits all because, say, some people are vegetarian, some people seem to think they need to eat meat to ground them. Are there some general guidelines for diet across the board that everyone could benefit from? Vegetables are very good that individuals were they to have a lot of vegetables in their diet would then have a cleaner burning system and they'd be ability to build cells that were more viable than, say, a more impure diet wherein one may be eating um, tainted food or meat that was not properly grown. Soda pop that then was laced with fake sugars that were poisonous in reality. Vitamins made from petroleum products, they do not make the cell resonance that live vitamins have. There are many cookbooks on diet and the use of vegetables in diet. I know. I notice when I eat a, a lot of vegetables that I, I'm less constipated. Things move through my system better, and it seems to me that 
being constipated really makes one sluggish and slows your frequency down. Yes, it makes one groggy and tired and not as connected with their surroundings. Mm-hmm. Um, am I correct in saying you can't really give people one-size-fits-all on diet, like in terms of saying be a vegetarian or, or eat meat or eat fish or eat chicken? I mean, in general, is that something people have to come to terms with in their own uh, chemistry, body chemistry? Yes. Yes, they do. There are some general guidelines, like soda pop is not a good thing to drink uh, in general. Um, These fake sugars are not a good thing that can gradually act like a toxic substance to the body um, to keep a clean body to perhaps even spend one day um, every so often drinking uh, water or having vegetable juice, fresh vegetable juice is very good to help the body stay clean, to keep good hygiene, to take very good care of the teeth so that the teeth do not collect plaque and many diseases come about when the teeth are not taken care of or toxic materials are used to fill cavities in the teeth. Thank you. So moving on from diet, um, let's look at the idea. uh, Jesus said, when two or more are gathered, I am also present. Now, obviously, he didn't mean him his body, he, uh, his body doesn't become present, his physical body, when two or more are gathered. And I have the uh, feeling that when two or more are gathered for a higher purpose, um, a spiritual purpose, there's automatically an increase in frequency. Could you explain a little how that works? When two or more are together and are radiating to each other, um, it makes a bigger resonance between the two that can then intake higher frequencies more easily as one radiates energy to the other, then it vibrates the cells of the other's body and matrix. And like strumming of an instrument, then it raises 
the whole energy to a higher frequency, assuming that the people are not in a big argument, which you could then say they really are not gathered together. They're in opposition and defiance, and there is a disconnection really between them. But when people are connected in, in harmony, it creates a radiance, and every soul needs this connection, and they can only get it from another. And when they are in greater harmony, the greater harmony that they are in, the more they can bring in the higher frequencies and the higher beings. Now, how about um, personal intimacy? How does that connect with when two or more are gathered? The same principles apply. If one is intimate with another, it depends upon their... When one is with another, it depends upon their level of feeling connected. If they are together but are possessive, if they are together but are not honoring the relationship with the other and are merely owning it or taking advantage, then it will be as a disconnection and the frequencies will not totally resonate with each other. Thank you. How about, you know, when I think one of the biggest things that many people experience is loneliness, feeling kind of empty and every day they get up and they go through their lives and they know there's something in them that can be fulfilled and it's not being fulfilled and it seems like loneliness 